Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Nark. What's going on? Hello, hello. It's nice to be back. I thought about doing the whole video recording the podcast thing, but to be perfectly honest, I really don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I watch, I watch podcasts here and there, but I really don't like doing it. Maybe it's because it's what I do otherwise. I don't know. Um, I don't understand why we want to watch podcasters pod. But I understand the cult of celebrity and personality that we live in. So I get it. It is Thursday night. September 15th. We're in the thick of Virgo season. And right now, now, tomorrow, and the day after. And the day after that, and every day after that. No. <laughs> For the next three days, we face these transits that are. so very difficult if you smoke if you gotta smoke it <laughs> even if you don't gotta smoke it I'm sure for everyone they're difficult for different reasons I can however only give you my perspective and maybe something of what I've learned will make sense to you. I've been thinking a lot about abandonment and neglect. And what it does to us as people what we hold important in life and how we choose to spend our time, our money. And how no matter what I try, things seem to come back down to that central factor of neglect. So let's talk about what the neglected child turned adult looks like. And let's talk about what happens when you let these transits break you open. And you can finally see what everybody else can see. So let me not be cryptic. Let me be a lot more specific, actually. You see, I was raised to be useful. So, when I wasn't of use, 
I wasn't of use. <laughs> I was neglected, yes, but more so ignored. I guess neglected is more when you just don't do for someone. Ignored is when they're asking you to help them and you still don't. When I tell people how my first grade teacher noticed that I was going blind, usually people are horrified. Didn't anyone know? Oh, they must not have known. Times were different then. No, no, no. <laughs> I said something. No, when you have a mom who was raised by a stepmom who was raised by a stepmom, usefulness is as good as it gets. But, you know, in her own special way, she loves me, so it is what it is, and she's the best mom I've got. And the only one I'd want, but only because I don't know any different. I can only assume that nobody out there has it better than me. I mean, I see on TV and sometimes on the street from time to time. Something that looks like what I have with Baba. But then I just put that away and I keep moving. Because that's what Geminis do. <laughs> so what does years and years and years of compounded neglect and being ignored look like? Well, usually, one of the first things it looks like is very expensive dental work. Because nobody gave a fuck about you. And then, after that, it usually becomes a lifelong struggle with some sort of anatomical issue. The way the masseuse in Miami put it, you're so stressed out, your rib cage seems to have twisted. How long, she asked, <coughs> have your shoulders been that high? And when I looked at her, I think she realized that she had asked an insensitive question because it's been happening for so long that I don't really know. And that tells you a lot about a person. You know, every time I watch a movie about somebody who's supposed to be really stressed out or someone who comes from a abusive home or someone who had to withstand way too much stress, I always notice their posture. And I think it's hilarious when actors try to play stressed out people and their shoulders are like 
perfectly relaxed. <laughs> I'm so stressed out. Mm. So where am I going with all this? Oh, well, I guess something triggered me. It's weird. It's weird. I have feelings, but I'm not aware of them. And then all of a sudden I'm... What did Angelina Jolie said? She said, uh, and then all of a sudden one day I'm crying in my cereal and I don't know why. This is the most Gemini shit ever. Well, what happened was I was watching a clip of Gabor Mate, who I think is profound, but I genuinely listen to him because I think he's hot. Don't ask. I do. I think he's very, very, very attractive. I have for like 20 years. So he said... ADD is a condition that happens when your infancy is so stressful that focusing would mean <laughs> very bad things. So... The brain in infancy decides, because the stimuli is too stressful, to save itself by not focusing. And I let that sit with me for a couple of hours, you know. I tried to not let it bother me. But you know, somewhere underneath the dutiful Desi daughter, somewhere underneath all that, I was so fucking mad. I mean, my parents can definitely get a rise out of me, and I will for sure and I am not proud of it curse my mom out for sure but I don't get angry with them like I'll curse her out because she's getting on my like 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 I'll curse her out <laughs> because she fucking does shit like she's still in the military and she talks to me in a way that makes me like if anybody else talks to me like that I fucking kill them like, she talks to me in a way that, like, it, she doesn't say anything rude. It's not that she's rude. It's her tone. Like, like she's never saying anything rude, but it's very, like, bossy. It's very, like, just, just, like, telling people what to do all the time. And I just fucking hate that shit. Like, I really don't take well to it. So when she does that shit, especially when she does it around other people, like, I can't help my, like, I'm like, yo, what the fuck, bro? Like, don't fucking talk to me like that. Like, like she doesn't. I don't think that she's been respected in her life the way she should have been when she was a kid. So she just will say things however because there was no consideration ever given to her. So she doesn't know how to be considerate of other people. 
about her tone, about what she's saying, about what she's doing. She doesn't understand what consideration is. And sometimes that rubs me the wrong, most of the time, to be perfectly honest, that shit is mad abrasive to me. I don't like it. I'm actually a pretty considerate person, but I've become an inconsiderate person having to deal with her, to be honest. So sometimes when she does some like real inconsiderate shit or she says some crazy shit, yeah, I will definitely be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I will lose it. Yes, I'm not proud of it. It makes me feel like shit. I'm not proud of it. It's very rare nowadays. Mashallah. But that's like, you know, you're irritated. You're irritated and your mom knows how to push your buttons because she fucking installed them. This was in that. I didn't feel like picking up the fucking phone and cursing her out. Man. <laughs> I was just fucking furious. Because I see her do that shit even still today. It made me furious to know exactly the stimuli that my infant brain was reacting to. Because she still does that shit. All the time. And it's such a double-edged sword because... On one hand, you have this explanation for all the different things that people make fun of you for, all the different things that people call you, like, stupid for. In one way, you feel really vindicated, you know? I don't. No, I don't remember what airport I'm leaving from. I don't because it's stressing me out that I have to be somewhere at a very specific time. And my brain is refusing to focus. Because it learned at an extremely young age that focusing was fucking dangerous just like being seen was dangerous be invisible and oblivious don't worry I'll get through don't worry infant umber you'll get through <laughs> you'll make it You'll make it, you'll make it. You'll be sitting in a charming little apartment on the Upper West Side in the Seinfeld neighborhood 45 years from now.
I think I'm frustrated. It's much easier for me to be on the helping side, you know? Useful. You got a problem? Let's fucking solve it. What the fuck am I supposed to do about this? Everywhere I turn in my life, in my home, in my relationships, I see the effects of this thing, this kind of invisible coating that's been on everything all along. I just didn't fucking know. Everything about me that anyone's ever pointed out and said, you know, it's funny, this one thing about you just doesn't make sense. I remember I had to go to the post office with my piece of shit Virgo eggs because I had to send a friend in Denmark some money. And uh, I don't know, uh, at the time, <laughs> at the time I didn't know why I hadn't sent it yet. I just, once again I had found myself in a little bit of a precarious romantic situation in that I was with someone that I couldn't ever bring around my parents or ever even tell my parents about. Right. And things were tough. I think I've told you about this, right? I had just gotten divorced and Baba was in Denmark. Sorry. And finally, uh, yeah, I had to go to the post office and put this money in an envelope and send it. And I was having such a hard time with it. I'm having a hard time fucking talking about it. And I remember my ex being like, I don't understand why was this so hard. Why why didn't you do this before? And you know, it was one of the only times in my life that I can remember that I was like truly ashamed. But he was really good at that. He was really good at humiliating people, I think because he'd been humiliated so much in his life. My chest turned all hot and then very, 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 very cold. He 
you know, because the frontal brain is like, yeah, he's right. What is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why didn't you just do this? Why can't you just be normal? That was one of the words he used. He said, this is a normal thing. Why Why haven't you already done this? Why has this taken so long? And I suppose the answer to any question that you ask someone with ADD comes back to the same thing. ADHD, whatever the fuck we're calling it now. My brain won't let me focus on it long enough to do it. Every time I try to focus on it, my brain panics because... Because every time my brain was trying to focus, there were panic-inducing situations going on that were super, super, super scary. So now, whenever something requires intense concentration... And multiple steps and is not creative I panic <laughs> quietly very 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 quietly you'd never know That's how you remain unseen. So you have to train your brain, change the structure of your brain, actually, is what happens. To be oblivious, but... But you have to do it very, 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 very quietly. Because if you were truly oblivious, you would, you would get a lot of attention. No, no, you can't actually be oblivious. You have to... Your brain has to be so occupied, hmm? so as not to focus on the insanity that is your everyday life. That's, I think, the thing I remember the most vividly about childhood is how much of a prison it felt like. How every day was just longer than the next or the last. Just this interminable, awful, terrible time. This endless cycle of terrible days. with these terrible people. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I got a microphone and my Christian Slater pump up the volume dreams came true. Or maybe this transit just did something to me. I don't know. I forgot. I forgot that my nose was pier- wasn't pierced anymore. I just forgot. I just forgot and I and I was looking through my jewelry and I found this nose piercing thing. I don't even know if it's for your nose and I just put it in my nose. I completely forgot that my nose had healed over 15 years ago. Put it all the way through my nose, started walking around, la la la. <laughs> Didn't realize until like 45, 50 seconds later that um yeah i had re-pierced my nose with a really sharp really thin nose piercing um no blood no pain no swelling but like it was completely healed over and i have a very thick nose too like i have i have like thick skin I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what happened because it's pretty great. I figured it out last night, this morning. Drink something, smoke something, whatever the fuck you got to do, bro, because it's going to get even more wrenching, I think. Hmm? I have to, I had this phone set up so I could, um, yeah, video this, but like I just want to take it down. I don't even want to look at it. I don't want anything in my face. I kind of abhor the idea, to be perfectly honest. I abhor the idea of someone recording you while you're talking and you're not even looking at the camera and they're just like, they're like, there's something so performative and weird and fake about it. I don't know. If I'm going to perform, I'll perform. If I'm not going to fucking perform, then I'm not going to fucking perform. Then why you want to fucking look at me? Then mind your fucking business. Like, if what are we here for? Are we here for my looks and my my talking together? Is it acting? Is it is it role playing? Is it am I putting on a show? Am I a fucking clown? Am I a comedian? Am I a musician? Tell me what I am, and I'll give you that. But if that's not what we're fucking doing, and it's just about how I feel, what the fuck does that have to do with you looking at me? Why do you need to see me in some fucking ugly ass headphones in front of some fucking speaker with some fucking screen in front of it in some random fucking place? Like, like. For what? I don't understand what kind of like weird aesthetic is this that we want to get into where we want to see people in their fucking sweats or whatever, like sitting in front of a fucking microphone when the guy was like, yeah, it'll look good on camera. I was like, on camera? And he was like, yeah, on camera when you do your podcast. And I was like, I don't do my podcast on camera. Like, shut the fuck up, bro. You're cool or whatever. But like, no. (laughs) I like the guy, actually. He was nice. Smoke it if you got it. So, I have a recommendation for a pre-roll. This is not an ad. These people do not know who I am. Trust me. But this dizzy pre-roll in the King Louis the Fourteenth. holy fucking shit. 
John Redfam turned me on to it. Good shit. Great shit. So? To be... <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. To be oblivious... And invisible. And then one day you're supposed to grow up and just know how to be focused and seen. Go do it. Go, go do it. You got a scholarship, but we're still paying a lot of money. Go do it. Go be focused and go be seen. And do it better than everybody else. Or else. Wait, what? You've had me locked in hell for 13 years. What are you saying? Yeah. At 13... Go hang out with the richest people in the world across town where you never go and don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. You have two weeks to clean up this fucking 108th between Broadway and Amsterdam accent that you don't even know you have. And no one is going to help you. No one is even going to tell you you have it. No one's going to help you. No one is going to like, no, listen, no one's going to buy you a bra until your favorite aunt does it. No one is going to buy you the shoes that you're going to need or the bag that you're going to need or any of the things that you're going to need to even fit in with people whose parents, parents, parents have trust funds, had trust funds, grew up with trust funds. One of the fucking girls I went to school with, her family landed at Plymouth Rock. Literally, literally. Literally, <laughs> they were on the boat. <laughs> My mom wanted me to wear. No, I can't even. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it to you. It doesn't matter. Go be focused and be more focused than everybody else and go be seen. And be so seen. That no one has been that seen before, but do it respectfully or else. You know, now every seemingly reckless thing I've ever done makes total sense. Now it makes sense that at 15 I was like, yeah, sure, I have a speech trip and <laughs> during spring break uh, in Daytona. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, we're going to sneak out in the middle of the night when we're 15 in Spain alone. And go clubbing makes total sense. All those things that you are afraid that your kids have a friend 
who's got a troubled home is going to take them and go do the wrong things. That was me. I was that friend. Because you're asking me to do the exact opposite of what you have molded and shaped my brain and body chemistry to do every day of my life. You basically want me to pretend that my whole life hasn't happened. Go put on a show, goddammit. And keep fucking putting on a show. Every day. What? You're good at it. What's the problem? What's the issue? Just keep doing it. So you do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. You get straight A's. Except you keep failing Latin. Because tenses, you know, they require compound learning. You got to remember the thing before. Kids from abusive homes are not very good with tenses and they're not very good with math either. Because it requires compound learning. And uh, we have a tendency to forget things. Because we had to. Hey. So if my brain has to make a choice between forgetting how to do certain types of like division or some shit. There's only one kind of division, but like, I'm trying to think of something more complex, but I don't know what that would be. You see how that works? Um, If my brain had to make a choice between remembering that little tidbit of information that I learned that day or having to forget that my dad threw a fucking table out the window. uh, Yeah, I think my brain chose let's forget that day. (laughs) so yeah straight A's because everything is after all creative but then math and language would catch me and expose me you know for the bimbo that I really was and all those people who were sick to death of how I looked oh they loved hearing the stories about Latin class or math class oh everyone thinks Umber's so smart but she's actually like not no because Laura takes Latin with her and she was like Amber's so stupid like you would not even believe But, like, the teacher's in love with her, so, like, he doesn't care. He keeps passing her. Oh, I know. I've been saying she's stupid. (coughs) I don't know why everyone thinks she's so smart. Yeah, but that's English class. Everyone can do that. I could do that. Word. Word. 
The other place I think I've mentioned this before where I am utterly exposed is Vegas. Again, numbers. Actually, it turns out that there is a connection between ADHD and dyscalculia as well, and I could have told you that. I remember going to the eye doctor, and he kept saying, just read me the numbers, and I was like, I can't. And he was like, can you see them? And I said, yes. <laughs> and he said, well, then just tell me what they are. And I was like, I can't. And he was like, well, if you can see them, just read them. And I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you. I can see them, but I don't know what they say. He said, how can that be? I said, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it turns out there's a word for that, you dick. It's called dyscalculia. It's dyslexia for numbers. My son has uh, dyslexia as well. Not that, not that he believes it. He absolutely, absolutely refuses to believe he has it, even though I've known he has it <laughs> since he was born. <coughs> so, I was exposed. In those moments, and funnily enough, those were the teachers who were the most kind to me, the ones who <laughs> yeah, the ones who took me in. November 1st, Scorpios. I don't know what it is about them. They just like see me and they're like, Jesus Christ, somebody save her. <laughs> Jesus Christ, can someone else tell that kid's drowning or is it just me? That's what my math professor said to me. She said she brought it up in a faculty meeting once. Can anyone else see that this kid is drowning or is it just me? And they all stared at her with their blank, white, female expressions. Most of them called me Reshma the whole time I was there. Almost all the white teachers did. Reshma and I looked nothing alike. Reshma looked like a fucking werewolf. Yo, I love Reshma or whatever, but like <laughs> she did. That bitch looked like a werewolf. She had one of those like eyebrow things that like where her eyebrows went down to her nose. No. <laughs> Do you understand how fucking irritating it was to be mistaken for her? Like it really gave me perspective on how y'all see people. Cause like, if you don't notice the aesthetic difference between me and Reshma, like, y'all really are super racist. It's like when people can't tell that Baba's my kid. Bro, the photocopy face, mashallah, you can't tell? You really must be racist. You really, like, you just look at color. You don't see anything else. You already just look at color and go, oh, 
I don't need to remember any other details. Black hair, black eyes, you know. Like, literally, when I tell you that Rage Man and I look nothing like, that's why I said that bitch looked like a werewolf. Do you know the fucking flexy, flexy that I was doing in high school? Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here, bro. That shit. Yo, every fucking teacher I had. Every white teacher I had, except Mr. Mulgrew, my Latin and my English teacher, and my math professor, my math teacher. So no, they didn't notice that I was drowning. They didn't even notice that I wasn't Reshma. I wonder if they thought there was only one Indian girl in the school, actually. Let alone that there was a Pakistani there. <laughs> Meanwhile, when Mr. Mulgrew left, my sophomore year, he pulled me out of class and And he told me how proud he was of me. And how he had seen a really shy, really quiet girl. Who was getting picked on and talked about and made fun of. And how he didn't know if I was going to survive. And he said, I'm astounded and impressed. And how you blossomed. And found your voice and... And made this place better. You know, because I don't allow that shit around me. Even though it was being done to me, it wasn't enough when it wasn't done to me anymore. It's not being done. <laughs> you're not doing that shit. Yo, if you're doing that shit, we have issues. But it's not, mind your business. This is my business. Yo, it's my business. Yo, you're in my fucking business. This is my bit. You don't even know her. No, that's my friend. What's her name? Friend. What's up, friend? What's your name? Bitch, get out of here. You're not doing this. We're not doing... I'm not... This is like the Robin Hood shit. This is like, you're gonna be in the woods with me and you're gonna do fuck shit in the woods and I have to live in the woods and I have to deal with your fuck shit? No. 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 Fuck you. No. You wanna be a bully? Fine. Fight me. Go ahead. Fuck you. No. Why? No, but this is not about you. I want to fight her. No, 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 no. Fight me. <laughs> Why you want to fight her? Why you want to fight her? She's small. Fight me. Come on, let's go. Listen, the fucking hellhole war zone that I live in. Come on, let's go. Come on, come on. Come on, this will be fun. You see what I'm saying? This is what I always tell you. This is why I always tell you. If you're one of those people who's never been in a fight, don't ever get into a fucking fight for someone who's asking for it someone who smiles at you when you're disrespecting them stop walk away someone who starts laughing 
When you make them mad, stop, walk away because you don't understand. You don't understand what we have inside of us. We have rage. You know what that smile is? You know what that smirk is? You know what that laugh is? That's not us. That's not us. That's not us. That's the rage. <laughs> that, you hear that? You hear that? That's the rage laughing. That's the rage like, oh shit, I'm getting called out. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's the rage. That's the rage, bitch. That shit like, yo, it's just waiting. It's just waiting. It wants you to fucking say something so it could pop off. So, you know, I got there and they were like mean to me or whatever. And I sorted that shit out. It took me a minute because at first, you know, when I first got there, I was so, um, well, I felt so safe for a minute. I felt like I was surrounded by really soft, nice people and everything was so soft and nice and beautiful. And I thought, um, oh shit, you know, uh, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> My nightmare has ended. And then, uh, no, no, it turned out as soon as we went away on our first like freshman uh, trip together as a class that everyone just kind of... Uh, paired up into these cliques I didn't even know how it happened or when it happened I guess it was like people who all took the train from Queens or took the ferry from Staten Island or whatever all these like just groups had formed and I guess existing groups and people had just thrown you know themselves in with those people and I just had no clue any of this was happening I wouldn't end up meeting girls I connected with until later in the year during a model UN conference um, at the Hilton of all places downtown and this girl whose father owned like these dry cleaning companies I think I've told you this was like you want to go drive around in my limo and like do cocaine like I was like what and it was like all these like gorgeous girls that went to my school and they were all like seniors and juniors and I was like oh this is sh shit you know finally my people but at the beginning of the year, I thought everything was fine. Everyone seemed nice enough. It was a very big, very, very, very big adjustment for me. So, you know, I was just quiet and observant. I'm not going to be an ass, you know. And, you know, I straightened some people out the first or second day that I was there. And maybe that's what did it. Maybe that's what like kind of kept people away. I don't know what it was. I think when you're the only Asian, especially South Asian, in a group, in a class, which I often find myself to be, you're really kind of left alone. Because white people hang out with white people, all East Asians will, like, all of a sudden it, like, doesn't matter that they're, like, Chinese and Filipino, whatever. They're just like, yeah, 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 we're all the same. You know, everyone kind of groups up. And fucking Reshma was in, like, seventh grade or some shit. That was the other thing. These, I was in fucking high school. That bitch was in, like, the lower class. And they still confuse it. That's how fucking racist they were. 
And I remember just walking around um, during our retreat and just feeling so alone. And things were so bad at home, so bad. And I just felt like I had nobody to talk to. Nowhere to go. And instead of these girls helping me or being nice to me, they were making fun of me. And I think they thought I was going to get mad and fight them. Like with, you know, what I had exhibited on that first day where I was like, bitch, what'd you say? I will fuck you up. But it backfired because they were mean to me and they made fun of the fact that I was just walking by myself and I was crying. And they were like, you're so weird. Why are you walking by yourself and crying? And I was like, well, because I have no friends. And I have a lot on my mind. And I don't know if they were ready for that level of honesty. Or maturity. And they were like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe you said you have no friends. And I was like, well, I, in a, a school away from everyone I know and everything I know and you're all weird and all of a sudden you're all acting like you've known each other forever but you met like last week and I'm not like this <laughs> and everything I said they just looked at me like I don't know like I was an adult talking and they just you know walked away laughing at me, laughing at me, for sure. So I went back to the, we were like away from our homes for like three days. It was like, again, it was like when I was a kid, things always went from like bad to worse. So things got really bad at home and reached like this weird fever pitch right? Bad to worse. And then all of a sudden I had to go on this field trip with all these fucking girls <sighs> and be like away from hell. So, okay, that's a plus. But then we're on this trip and they're all pieces of shit. <laughs> so I went back to like the bunks or whatever. And I just started crying. And everyone kind of filtered into like the main like living space area. I was in the room in my bunk. And I could hear them talking and stuff. And I was just minding my business. 
But I think somebody, I don't know, one of the meaner girls, right? I think she said something. And I remember feeling so alone. And without exit. <laughs> Whenever a guy is like, I don't understand. Why do you all, why do you always leave? Bitch, because I can. Fuck you. I remember thinking, okay. I heard my name. I heard her say my name out there. And I didn't hear anything else she said, but the way she said my name, bitch, it was like something in me snapped. Like, okay, all right. There's no exit, right? There's no exit? See, they're not being an exit used to be my problem. Me being locked in here with you guys, with my parents, with you guys, with puberty, with gender dysphoria, with this fucking ADD that I don't even know what the fuck it is. Everyone just thinks I'm scatterbrained and lazy, but you're so smart in some ways. I don't understand. Up until now, this was this this was all my problem. I was locked in here with all this, but now I'm realizing that you guys are locked in here with me too. <laughs> Okay. Fine then. No, 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 no. Fine then. Fine then. Wait. Do you know that when I fucking say that in an argument, if I'm arguing with the dude that I'm dating and, and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, fine then. Yo, literally, no matter what we're talking about, no matter which guy it is, the guy will be like, all right, wait, wait, stop, wait. No, no, no. Fine then. Fine. Yo, fine. Yo. Okay. If I... <laughs> <laughs> okay then that's what we're doing yo the way she said my name it, it it well amber yeah 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 all my crying ceased that day i went out there and i deposed her she had gone there since she was four or five. She was mean and very, 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 Allah mafkare, God forgive me, bad looking. The kind of bad looking that like surgery is not going to help. It was just like, like oafish. It was odd. She was very odd looking. God forgive me. But she was the bully. Excuse me. And she was mean. And everyone was afraid of her. Because she was so ugly and she knew it. And she knew she would never be pretty, but she was rich. Hmm? Old, old, old rich. So it didn't matter. She could do whatever she wanted, you know. And it wasn't like that girl that I'd put in her place that first day of school whose father owns banks in Argentina or some bullshit. Mm-mm. 
No, that girl's beautiful. Beautiful. Just bitchy, you know. I mean, there's a reason they fucking made Gossip Girl there, right? Like, every other fucking girl there was like that. No, this girl was just... Ugly and mean and oafish and tall and lanky and... I play lots of sports. So... Because she was an athlete, I think she also thought she had some kind of physical advantage. Again, if you get into a fight with somebody and you think you have a physical advantage and they start laughing (laughs) when you throw some smoke their way, trust me, you don't have a physical advantage, okay? Let me explain to you why. Because you're thinking... Oh, my body's bigger, I'm taller, I'm stronger, I'm faster, I'm a guy, she's a girl, I'm a girl, she's a bigger, a smaller girl, whatever you're thinking. You're not taking into account, once again, this rage. This rage exists for a reason. Okay, this rage is there because it has assessed the situation from birth. And it believes deep down all the way in its core, it believes that things are fucking unsafe. And that at any moment, the fucking hammer could drop. And that's it. So it's on the fucking ready. You're like, I'm 5'7", she's 5'3". We're not talking about me. These are hypothetical numbers. Right? I can beat her ass. No, you can't. Not if that bitch is a ball of rage. No, you can't. Because she's not fighting you. Remember what I told you that my brother used to tell people? Don't fight her. She's not fighting you. She's not fighting you. Yo, Umber doesn't fight people. I'm not, and it's true. I'm not fighting you. I don't want to fight anybody. What is that? What are we like? Knights? Are we dueling? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, no. Like, to me, fighting is like fight to the death. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what is this? This is like everything combat. Uh, isn't all combat Mortal Combat? I mean, if somebody could die, isn't it all Mortal Combat? Like, I'm assuming if you're hitting me that you're trying to kill me. What? Isn't, aren't you? What are you trying to do? If you're hitting me and you're not trying to kill me, what are you trying to do? What's the what's the motivation here in this scene? <laughs> you know? Mm. So I went out there and through my tears I told her about herself. All the things that I had spent the first two weeks of school observing quietly cancer rising. Noticing everything about everyone. Things that I would never say. Things that I would never need to say. Things that are just mine to know and never even think about myself. Why would I think about them? It doesn't matter at all to me. But I know them. All the same. And I told her about herself. I try never to do that anymore. 
But it was true. And it rang true for everybody who had spent two weeks already being bullied by her because she had taken on a whole new life as a bully after high school started. She was she was there from lower school and then middle school and then high school, but the middle school bully had evolved when the new blood had come in, you know? Now she wasn't just the bully, now she was the reigning bully, the one that had been there already when the new people came in. So even the people who had been living under her feudal (laughs) serfdom before we got there, even they were like, wow, she's really taking it overboard, you know, now that you guys are here. And for two weeks, they lived under her, to be quite frank, her reign of terror. And they had all eaten shit. And she'd pretty much established herself by that point. And then she decided, you know, pick them off one by one. And then she decided it was time to get rid of me, I guess. Because I just kept to myself and kept my head down. Like, hood rules. Like, oh, you, oh, that's what you're doing? Okay, that's cool. Listen, you could do whatever you want to do. Whatever game you're running, miss, you could run that game. Nobody is going to stand in your way. Least of all me. Whatever you, (laughs) listen, you want to run these bitches? Run these bitches. I don't give a fuck. I'm over here doing what I'm doing. Listen, if you knew the fucking headaches I had, like, and on top of that, my brother's a hoe. Like, I got so many fucking problems. Vedic fucking Sagittarius. Listen, I got so many fucking problems. Like, like, just, just, you want to bully these bitches? Bully these bitches. I'm not going to say anything. I kept to myself. Two weeks, I let it go. And every time I saw something that I was like, "Mm," I would just be like, no, none of your business. Let these rich girls figure it out. And then she started, here and there, she started picking on the scholarship girls. And I was like, okay, all right. You know, there's going to come a time I'm not going to let this go. But for now, this is none of my business. But then, mm, you know what they say, they came for the Jews. I didn't say anything. They came for them. Then they came for me. Ah, and then she came for me. She did. She did. Of course she did. She was picking everybody off one by one. Bend the knee. (laughs) Yes, it was my turn. And I guess she had waited until we had been on retreat to make it, you know, real private, but real public. You know what I mean? All the girls together, no teachers around. (gasps) Perfect timing. But as Redley likes to remind bitches out here. Man, don't you know Umbra's an assassin? Oh, you didn't know? You didn't know? Do me a favor. Look up the old man of the mountain. And then look up his family. And then look up where they live now and what their last name is. Okay. So, wait. And I think he's the one that created the word Hashishans, which means assassins. But I digress. My teacher, Mr. Mulgrew, used to say that all the time. He would be talking to us in English class or in Latin class. And then he would just go on for like 45 minutes on like a tangent about something so fascinating and so incredible, but completely off topic. And after talking for like 45 minutes, he was so handsome and so smart. But like not handsome in like a way that people think. Like the way Noam Chomsky and Howard Zinn are. Well, Howard Zinn's actually objectively very handsome man. But anyway, um, after like 45 minutes, he'd be like, 
But I digress. <laughs> I feel like Mr. Vulcan, the class is over. <laughs> Lunch started 15 minutes ago. They're like, girls, get out of here. We're like, no, what happened next? <laughs> tell us, tell us. Anyway. She had uh, set the scene, I guess, pretty well to take me out. It had to be a public taking out. Because the thing is, even though I was minding my business and keeping my head down and not saying much, and maybe I heard people, oh, yeah, 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 maybe I didn't. I don't know. I don't think I heard anyone talking shit about me. I honestly was just keeping to myself. I didn't know people were, like, making fun of me or thought I was weird. I mean, I guess I was weird. Like, I'm a hood kid. And I'm in this, like, fucking place where everyone's got, like, a fucking L.L. Bean backpack. Like, yeah, maybe I did seem fucking weird. I guess I guess they were talking about me for a while. I was just keeping to myself. I was just keeping to myself. And the thing is, even though I was keeping to myself, and this, like, you know, really ties into the astrology. Even though I was keeping to myself, cancer rising. Right? Anyway, you cut that. <laughs> it's a very heavy 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 energy yeah the rising ocean think about that the ocean on the horizon <laughs> think about it as a visual and get back to me <laughs> so i didn't have to say anything i don't have to say anything if i walk into a room if i walk into a dynamic I'm holding half the weight in that room. And that's okay. I know how to hold it. I'm all right with it. You may not be all right with it, but if you come over here, you're going to get hit with one of these waves and it's going to fucking hurt because the ocean has no mercy for anybody. You know, cancers, cancer risings, they'll tell you cancer moons, hello? They'll tell you. They'll tell you before they do their shit. They'll tell you like, you know what? I'm going to be mean. Okay, all right. Don't be mean. Fucking walk away then, Cancer Moon. Don't be fucking mean. Just don't be mean. At least you fucking know it, you know? So she had to take me out publicly, you know? Because I was holding too much weight. Even though I was keeping my head down and being quiet, the first couple of antics I had done when I was there, I was holding too much weight. She needed to not just bully me. That wouldn't be enough. They'd already been doing that a little here and there or whatever. Like earlier in the day. You know what I mean? No, no, no. She needed to embarrass me, humiliate me. I think this is like a, I'm seeing a pattern. Hmm? I think when you are quietly very powerful, some people who are not very good at reading people will read that as weakness or meekness. And they say that about Gemini snakes. That they are decept they look deceptively amenable to what you want to do, but they're not at all. <laughs> Excuse me. Smoke it if you fucking got it. We don't have no fucking time limits no more. No more 45 minutes bullshit. We're doing this for real now with a microphone and real recordings and shit. I'll get to that. I'll get how I got here. And if this ends up being a three hour pocket, whatever the fuck, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> 
So, I went out there. And she tried to embarrass me because Gemini snakes have this ability to seem like we're completely able to be broken, controlled. You can make us think whatever you want. We're stupid. We're ditzy. We're bimbo. But we're none of those things. We're we're so far from that. Snakes are the wisest of creatures. They've been around forever and they ain't got no arms or legs and they're blind. And they and they're dinosaurs, and they're still here. Like, come on! Like, they're fucking smart as shit. They're just quiet about it. They just do what they gotta fucking do. That's it. That's it. So, as our many power hungry or bullying people, she took that false kind of amenable behavior or 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 that sensibility it's not even a behavior it's just something we give off she she bought it she bought it much like my ex-husband bought it she bought it and then i find it particularly delectable if i may say so myself um when people are disillusioned um that, that moment of disillusionment from that particular concept. Like, oh shit, I can't actually control it. She's not listening to a single thing I'm saying. Wait, wait. It's like a such a Kaiser Soze moment, but not the Kaiser Soze moment. The moment where he comes back and sits down and looks at the board and is like, wait. And he starts looking at all the things and he's like, this is all a lie. He made this whole story up. We have no idea what the fuck happened on that boat. Oh my God, what the fuck were they selling on that boat? None of the story was true. Ah, right? That. That. Mad people have had the Kaiser Soze moment. Mad people, mad people have come into my life. Okay? These echoes of my mother Mad people have come into my life to be like, I'm going to control you. No, I'm going to control you. No, I'm going to control you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, well, if I can't control you, I'll leave. Leave. No, listen, I'll do you one better. I'll leave. (laughs) What's the problem now? Wait, what's the problem? Why are we crying now? What happened? What happened? See? So, but we'll get back to that. Put a pin in that. So, I went out there. And instead of being bullied by her or embarrassed by her and her little, like, clique of friends. Instead of being humiliated by her, which was definitely the plan. I saw it in her face when I came out. She smiled. She smirked. She's no lips whatsoever. Like two two thin lines. And uh, I could tell from the way she smiled at me that she was so happy that I had taken the bait and been lured out of the room and now she was going to, you know, make fun of me. It was on, bitch. I saw the excitement in her face. <laughs> 
And I saw that excitement in her face turn into a kind of bewilderment. It wasn't terror, it wasn't fear, because to know terror or fear, you have to identify what's going on or what you're looking at. You can't feel terror or fear when you have no fucking idea what's happening. She had the smirk on her face, and then all of a sudden she just looked fucking bewildered because she couldn't place the expression on my face. My face was tear-streaked. I was visibly upset. And yet, I was also smirking. Ha-ha! Hello! Hi! Are you guys talking about me? Yeah, we were just saying that it was like so weird that you started crying out there. Like, are you okay? We just want to check on you. Yeah, I'm fine. Are you okay? Yeah, are you sure though? Because like you were like really freaking out out there, right? And like (laughs) if you really feel like you have no friends, like maybe you shouldn't go to school here. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, I think so. Because, like, you know, you also have to fit in. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You do? Yeah, I do. So what are you going to do? I don't know. I'll think about it. Okay, well, um, we've all been talking about it. She couldn't help it, right? We've all been talking about it. And like, I don't know. Like, don't we all feel like she should leave? And I looked at these two Filipino girls that were in my class. But I didn't really know them. One of them would become one of my best, 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 best friends. And if I think about it now, I saw the look on her face. I couldn't place it then, but I know it now. (laughs) She's a martial artist and a figure skater. It was a look of a very, very, very disciplined person finding something distasteful. And I looked at Caroline and Christine. Those were their names. Those are their names. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) If you're listening, hi. And I realized that even if she got rid of me, because I didn't really know what I was going to do in that moment. I was just full of rage. And when I'm full of rage, I get very friendly, <laughs> calm. When I'm, when I'm angry, that's different. When I'm like rageful, like you've really pissed me off, I'm very calm. 
So I was calm. I was fucking with her. I was totally like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. She could not place what was going on. With everything that she was saying, she was getting more and more terrified because my expression was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. But I was very nice to her. In fact, I kept agreeing with her. But when I looked over at Caroline and Christine, I realized that Actually, this girl was like super fucking racist and she hated that there were people of color in her school and I was just going to be the first one. I was the strongest one. So if she could get rid of me, the rest of these girls didn't stand a chance. Hmm. And I think that when Caroline looked at me, I think she kind of got it too. Like, Damn, we better fucking stick together here. But I didn't need any more than that. I didn't need them to say anything, even though I saw Caroline start to say something. I was just like, no, 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 it's okay. I was like, yeah, I'll think about leaving. I'll think about it. You should think about what's going to happen if I stay. I'll think about leaving. I'll go home. Hmm? I'll tell my brother what happened here today. I'm going to leave early. I'm going to tell the teachers I'm uncomfortable. And I'm going to go home. And then I'm going to tell my brother why I came home early. He goes to Cardinal Hayes in the Bronx. You know where the Bronx is? Yeah, he's on the football team. Oh, yeah, he's my older brother. He's four years older. So... I'm going to have him come and meet me at school on Monday. And I'm just going to show him around, him and his friends. Just to see what they say about whether or not I should stay or if I should go. You know, like what their opinion is, like, do I fit in or no? In the meantime... I think that it's really important for us to talk about what's really going on. Now, (coughs) we've only been here for two weeks. This thing that Redley calls sniping, they'd never seen it. I had my head down for two weeks. I didn't say shit to nobody. I was like, because the thing is... There are people who actually don't belong here. You're right. And we should talk about it. Because, like, it really messes up the vibe. I totally agree with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who? Who do you think? Who do you think is messing? I didn't say vibe. We we didn't say vibe back then. Or whatever. Equivalent. Oh, yeah, who do you think is messing things up? And I was like, well, if you look around. Like, she was, like, looking at her, like, white girlfriends to be like, oh, she's going to say white people. You know, typical, typical person of color. You know, blame the race. Nah, nah, nah. I was like, well, if you look around, like, everyone here 
I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I feel like everybody here is like really pretty. Except like just a few people. The way she looked at me, it was like someone told the emperor he was naked. And she was like, excuse me. And I was like, what? Did you hear what I said? She's like, yeah, I heard you. It's such a fucked up thing to say. I was like, well, I'm just saying you were talking about how like people don't belong and how you have to fit in. Right. And she was like, what? I meant like, like how you are and like you were acting like a freak. And I was like, well, you look like a freak. <laughs> and everyone started laughing. <laughs> I was like, I may have been acting like a freak because I was upset because like my parents are fucking crazy. And I looked at Caroline. And I was like, are your parents fucking crazy? And she was like, yeah, they're fucking insane. And I was like, okay. So I'm crying because my parents are fucking insane. Like, you know, probably most people's parents. But like, I can handle that. I can figure that out. What are you going to do about your face? Like, you keep saying that everyone has to fit in. We do all fit in. We're all so cute. And you're ugly. The way this bitch started scoffing and looking around like she wanted somebody to tell her that it was a lie and the way that everybody was just looking at her blank because what are they going to do? They're going to side with me where I'm calling them all gorgeous or are they going to side with you? Dummy. Dummy. And you know what you look like on top of that. It's not like you don't know. It's not like you don't know. Everybody knows what they look like. Shut the fuck up. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. High confidence, low confidence, whatever. Yeah. Whenever people are like, oh, yeah, you know that one girl? She's like um, kind of overweight, but she's got like a lot of confidence. And then you meet the fucking bitch and she's fucking drop dead gorgeous. And you're like, yeah, that's why she's confident. What the fuck are you talking about? Did you miss that? Because she's bigger than you expect gorgeous people to be. Like, did you not see this bitch's face? Oh, yeah, I guess she is really pretty. What? <laughs> like. So. This bitch. For the rest of the time. Actually, she didn't stay. Ooh. Actually, she didn't even graduate with us. No, she didn't. Oh, she ended up leaving. Isn't that funny? I never thought about that. It was years later. Junior year, she left. But she never, she never did fit in again. I made that day two weeks in two clicks. All the pretty people... And then, like, the three people who it didn't matter what they looked like, they were just so ugly inside that they just, I don't know, they looked rancid. She was one of them. And she was rancid as a person. She was the kind of person that when she talked or when she did things, it made you want to scrunch your nose up like you would smell something bad. You know, like, ugh. Just 
without any grace, without any class, without any sort of beauty, without any sort of anything, just like, ugh. Just like a doof, like a doof. I think I even told her that. I was like, you're doofy. Like, <clears throat> they weren't ready. They weren't ready. And I'm, I was from, like, I'm from the hood. Like, I just spent 13 years on 108th Street. Like, don't. <laughs> this is a mistake, Sarah. You're making a mistake. Um, so she made the mistake and we dethroned her and everyone gladly pushed her off the edge. They were like, oh, someone's going to do this? Okay, okay, let's all get behind this because we hate this bitch already. It's only been two weeks. I was like, yeah, let's push this bitch over the edge. And everyone was like, word, in agreement. And we pushed, pushed that bitch over and she never did recover. She never even tried to get back up on the ladder. She really genuinely didn't have any friends after that. And I told her, you know, I think it was like a year later, she was like, I feel like we should like make up and be friends. And I was like, I don't hang out with people like you. And she was like, that's so fucked up. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? Like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, just for all the Tauruses in the room. Why do people expect us to forget things? Yo, bitch, you can forget whoever the fuck you want. You can forget you fucking exist, bitch. I don't give a fuck how your fucking memory works. What the fuck makes you fucking think I'm ever gonna fucking forget what the fuck you did to me? I don't give a fuck if it was big, small, good, or bad. See, that's the thing. People are like, oh, I don't remember the things that happened to me that bad people did to me. I forgive them and move on. Yeah, you don't keep track of the good things that people do for you either. That's why you're not grateful either. You're not considerate. You're not grateful. You're not, you're not, you're none of those things because you don't remember anything. See? How are you going to be grateful for the things, all the fucking things that people do for you if you don't remember the things that people do? I don't remember the things that people do. You ever meet people like this? My mom's like this. I don't remember the things that people do. I just forgive everyone. Everything is fine. Everyone, yeah, you don't remember the good or the bad. It's very convenient. It works both ways. It's a win-win situation. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, bitch, I'm going to remember. I'm never going to forget. Yo, I'm actively remembering, bitch. I'm actively remembering. Fuck you. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. Are you crazy? Are you fucking crazy? No. (laughs) And that goes for like, and you can use that as a fucking like TikTok audio. Go for it. Knock yourself out. You fucking think. This is like literally all Tauruses. This is part of the brutal truth the 12 uh the 12 brutal truths one man comedy act comedy show in three acts one man play in three acts the 12 brutal truths touring next summer inshallah this one will definitely be included in the Taurus part Like this this thing that people do where they expect us to be flighty like they are about things that no one should ever be flighty about. (laughs) 
like feelings. You know, this realization that I swear I will tell you about. One of the things that made me realize is that a lot of times I I am so painfully that kid who's very, very, very hurt and speaks from that hurt. And when I realize I'm doing it, I'm not very proud of it. So one of the ways that I do it is I say things like, um, I like to cheat. Now, first of all, it's a very Gemini thing to say. <laughs> and every Gemini would laugh hearing it because we're nothing like that. I don't like to cheat. It's just that if you disappoint me, I fall out of love with you. And as soon as I'm out of love with you, someone else is going to fall in love with me and I'll probably fall in love with them. And then I'll start sleeping with them. So it's not I love to cheat. I just... I've had a very hard time being able to stomach being disappointed by a partner. And I know how harsh and intractable that sounds. I know how hard that sounds. But I think it's, you know, it's part of that larger defense mechanism, right? It's like once I can't once I can't trust you anymore. I don't love you anymore. And if I don't love you anymore, what's the point? I think that's why still you know, my heart is this kind of powdered, shattered glass because of that piece of shit, Virgo X. Because he never... He never betrayed my trust. I trusted him. And so I think that's why I still love him. Yeah, makes sense. And he's the only person I've ever been with that I never even thought about cheating on. Would never have. But the flip side of that is probably because he was also the most avoidant uh, person I'd ever met. I think that there are two ways that you can go when the world is too hard when you're a kid. Either it's like super, super chaotic, insanely violent, hard, and you just, you rebel, you know? Or 
it's like this slow, degrading, nothing is good enough, you'll never be good enough, wearing down, in which case you avoid, you disappear, you detach, you run. So you both end up running, but in different ways. One shows out, gets dramatic, dyes their hair, colors their arms with Sharpies. The other fades into alcohol. Gets lost in it. Same but different. Two extremely similar people from very different abusive backgrounds who reacted completely differently to that stimuli. <clears throat> One becoming hyper-focused and avoidant and the other becoming completely unfocused and anxiously attached. <laughs> what a pair! It was the best of times and the worst of times for sure. And now this brings me to my realization. And now, back to our scheduled content. Man, it's nice to be able to fucking ramble without a time limit. I'm done with the fucking limits. I'm fucking done, bro. I'm done. Smoke it if you fucking got it. Damn it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Not That's not what I meant. Um, okay, come on with the realization. Hold on, let me grab this water that I'm staring at. I want this water in this bottle. No, I don't want that water. I want this water right here. Sure, I'll drink this. Okay, here's my realization. Because when you think about that, when I think about that relationship, I do have a lot of whys. Because I do... I do feel like it was the only relationship, even though it was so short, compared to both these, you know, really long marriages. I do think it was the only relationship in which I let myself be seen. Somewhat. At all. Ever. And it felt great, you know? I think I just thought that because he could see me I could maybe show him all of me and then I think when I did that he was like yeah no fuck this and I think it's taken me like 10 years to recover 
because I had no plans of ever being seen at all. I didn't even know what I was doing. I, uh, you know. But then he was so much like me. Like we didn't know each other, but we knew all the same people and we liked all the same stuff and we knew all the same movies and we were the same color and And it was kind of perfect. But when someone fades to black and avoids and detaches at the slightest, slightest hint of chaos and your entire fucking coping mechanism that is your personality is a whirlwind of chaos <laughs> because that's what your mind becomes when you have this and then that's what your life becomes of course how could it not And if that person who's causing the chaos also happens to be anxiously attached, which means they already think you're going to run away. And then you start to detach because, you know, chaos, uh-uh. And then they <laughs> and then they hold on to you tighter because wh where are you going? Uh-uh. And then they start acting more chaotic because uh-uh. Mm -mm. No. And then you start detaching more. <laughs> but like you love each other. So what the fuck? Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. See, didn't even have time to think about cheating. Right? It's not that I like to cheat. I just get my heart broken really easily. I guess that's the way to say it. Oh, God, we're getting to the realization. I'm trying to avoid it. Let me avoid it. Let me avoid it. <laughs> I think it's because I have to be more honest than I want to. So when I think about somebody like, obviously, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know. Like, of course I still love him. Of course I do. I don't... I don't just get over people until you disappoint me. And if you don't disappoint me, I don't get over you. But men have a tendency to disappoint me. But he really never did, even when he made really, really big mistakes. And he made quite a few. Every mistake he ever made, I understood it. Because we were so similar, I could see it from the inside. You know, Virgo Gemini, like, I see what, I see it. I get it, man, I get it. How can I be mad at you for something that I can understand? How can I hate you for something that I can understand?
that's been really hard. There's <sighs> been traumatic. Not the relationship, the aftermath. The healing has been traumatic. <laughs> if there was any healing going on at all, I don't know. For years, I guess I was just reeling. What do you do when there's someone out there that you just want to be around all the time? And they don't want you. <sighs> and then for years I just forgot. And then For years, I just pretended that I didn't think about him every day. And somehow that brings us to, I don't know, nine years? Around year seven of a relationship, I start to gain perspective. Around year nine, I start to lose interest. And I suppose nothing has changed. So all these years, although I am perfectly happy to do and bear whatever it is that I am fated to do and bear, Of course, I had moments of great despair. Why can't we just be together? <laughs> you know, it's different with the Scorpio. It's like family shit. I can't help it. He can't help it. Nobody's wrong. This is fucked. This is, the situation's fucked. Got it. No, this is just like me and a guy. Like some dude who lives in like on the Upper East. You know what I mean? Like it's just some fucking dude. Like this is not like Romeo and Juliet. Like there's not like families at war. This is just like some fucking guy. So, so, so why can't we... You know, what the fuck? This is this doesn't have to be Devdas. Like what the fuck is wrong? Aside from all the shit that I just mentioned, all the psychological shit. Put that aside for a second. That's not the part of your brain you're thinking with when you're in despair and you miss somebody, you're not thinking about attachment styles. Shut up. But <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, drink something, drink something. But 
I'm happy to report that after years and years of thinking about it, this transit that we should all have been prepared for because I mentioned it in the fucking Virgo season video. This transit, it... Man, it cracked me open. I figured something out. And here it is. Why? Why can't... Why can't I have what I want? Why can't I just have this one thing? I don't even want a lot of stuff. Now imagine if I was saying that to you. God forbid, God forbid. Imagine if I was saying that to you. But I was your kid. And you had me locked in my room. Because all I wanted to do was get out and do drugs that you knew were going to kill me. Kept asking God all these years, why this isolation? I know I'm a 12th house person. I know isolation is part of the gig. I get it. There is no path to enlightenment without isolation. I get it. We live in the realm of the undead. We come from there, us 12th housers. I get it. The dead are always alone. I get it. But why? Why also here? Oh, but everyone wants to meet you. Fuck that. Everyone wants to date you. Fuck that. Why? Why this isolation? Why this singular isolation where the rest of the world just doesn't compete? I just want to be around this one person. And I can't be around them and, you know, this is me speaking to God and you won't put him in my path. And I have already said that I'm not going to pursue him. So why this isolation? Because I can't change how I feel. I can't. And all these years I've been wondering, quietly, panicking. <laughs> why? 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 And then yesterday it occurred to me when I went to go see my family that every single person there treated me in the role that my mom put me in. And that I had been raised and groomed to behave with them like I behave with her. Which is just to be incredibly useful. And then I started thinking about everybody in my life. And I started thinking about how much I... Do. Give.
And I started thinking about why. And what I realized was, see, I didn't really, (laughs) I didn't really get the love that I needed as a kid. And there was so much chaos around that my brain, it couldn't handle it. Everyone's brain reacts different. Everyone's body, right? You know, some people, it t- some kids, it comes out in their body. Some kids, it comes out in their brain. Whatever it is, you're going to find a way to deal with it, you know? Put it somewhere. And, uh... And so... It has made me what's it called like chum is that what it's called I think it's called chum where you like um <laughs> there is a Hindi word chum which means chum 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 which is like the sound your bells make when you walk so I'm not trying to say it with sazon it's just how I say chum um <coughs> but I think it's chum like it's like um cut up pieces of fish that you throw in the water to like attract sharks or some shit it occurred to me yesterday i had this like very like very very deep moving realization that i was chum (laughs) that i had been cut up all my life gutted For whatever profit. And fed to whoever needed to be fed. And then I realized that. I was probably. Attracting a lot more. Than just the sharks that the chum was put out for. Probably attracting lots of other sharks too. You know from off park, out of the park. How are they getting in the park? We don't know. Is the fence broken? But where? And then I started thinking about these people in my life. The Scorpio, the Virgo. These people that up until yesterday I had looked at with such romanticism. But then after I realized what I had been brought up to be, I realized what they were. And then I started to realize that they understood these deficits that I was just now beginning to see. It was dawning on me crazy yesterday, like, oh my God, and I do this, and oh my God, and also the, 
But then as I was acknowledging those things and realizing them about myself, I was having this tandem realization of like, holy shit, I was with someone who knew this stuff and knew that I didn't know it and completely fucking took advantage of me. And then I started thinking about how many fucking people I know who've completely fucking taken advantage of me. Yo, it was fucked up, fam. Hold on, actually, I have to take a break and use the bathroom. No, hold on, I'll be right back. I have to, like, go over there and turn it off. I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna leave it on. Hold on, I'm not just gonna leave it on. Hi, I'm back. Oh, my God, for a second. I thought the recording said 13 seconds instead of that it recorded at 12.13. I almost freaked the fuck out. I was like, oh my god, no. Okay. All right. Drink something, please. Also, mad confrontations happened in that room on that retreat with mad people. All right. So... My realization. So when I started realizing what I was raised to be, which is interesting, right? Because here I was trying to be unseen and invisible. And yet I was constantly being used and caught up and thrown into the water to get what people wanted. Like, so interesting, because I was trying to spend all my time being fucking invisible, but also, like, invisible culturally. So, like, doing things so that no one in my culture would want to include me in these, like, crazy fucking, like, get married at 16, all kinds of weird shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yo, all I'm sorry, but this new woke internet world is making these older people pretend in a way that is not funny uh, like like pr- like they're pretending like they weren't mad ignorant and doing all types of shit that's not allowed in islam i would just like to point that out because when we were kids and we'd be like okay but this shit that you're saying is not allowed in islam they'd be like shut up you don't know islam we know islam yeah because you have the luxury of like isolating us really far away from where you grew up and where the religion is taught and everything so we can't even challenge you it's just like fucking your way or the fucking highway because we don't even know where the fuck we are we're on some fucking island somewhere thousands and thousands and thousands and oceans of miles away from where we come from where all we have to go on the moral fucking authority of this place the everything authority of this place is just one person not a school system not like a culture not the news not the tv not that just one person who's telling you it's like this, it's like two people who are like, it's like this, it's like this, it's like this, this is what you believe, this is what you do, this is what you don't believe, this is what it is, and fuck everything else that you're seeing around you, fuck everything else, fuck everything you see, you hear, you look at, you read, none of that, just just what we're telling you, that's it. If you go out here in the world and you pick up a book and you read something about Islam, don't come and tell me what you fucking read, 
That doesn't mean anything. In this house, I'm going to tell you what Islam is. I'm going to tell you what this is. You're going to do. You see what I'm saying? These older people, really, because now people have the internet and social media, these older people love to pretend how woke they are and how they don't care about anything. My dad the other day was like, oh, yeah, I don't care who the grandkids marry. I think it's crazy that anyone would say. I looked at him in a way that made him stop saying what he was saying. I was like, okay, I'm glad you stopped. Because this new you is hilarious. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like... Nah, they were doing really suspect shit, I have to tell you. They really were. They really were. Anyway, so... Here I was. Chum in the water, bleeding everywhere, cut into pieces. Cut into bite-sized pieces. Crying to God. Why won't you let the shark in the gate? Why not? Why not? Why? Why won't you just let the shark in? It's your kid pleading with you. Just let me out. Just let me out. I won't go use. I won't go get drugs. I won't. Suddenly I was thinking about beautiful boy, Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet. Suddenly I was in tears. Suddenly I realized that all these years that I was crying about this. That God was just this parent in torment. Like, oh my God, what do I do? Just like Steve Carell in the movie. What do you do? God forbid. I can't even think about it. I don't have any emotions about it. I can't think about it. What can you possibly do? This thing, this person you love more than anything, everything, everyone is doing something to hurt themselves. And they keep doing it. And they won't stop doing it. And they keep doing it. And no matter what you do, They keep doing it. But maybe. If you make the rules strict and they follow the rules and you can hedge them in that way, maybe you can keep them safe. But then every day they're knocking on the glass going, hey, let me out, let me out, let me out, let me out. And you're like, you're not safe, you're not safe, you're not safe. Until you realize you're chum in the water. You're not fucking safe. And every time you get out. Surprise, surprise, there's a fucking shark. Every time. I think that's what my appeal is for most people. I think maybe you guys don't realize it, but I think the reason you like me is because I'm so terribly wounded. Hey, Life Path 11, the Wounded Healer.
Yeah, terribly wounded. <laughs> Fatally, in fact. Ah, as I look over at my dead man poster. Yeah, right through the fucking heart. And then I started to think about how difficult it must have been for God to watch me grow up. Free will and all that, you know? How difficult it must have been to watch my mom treat me the way that she did. Every day. For so long. how it must have been all these years with me following the rules, you know, because that's, I don't, God's rules, I don't know. I, I don't have the, the stomach to break them. But suffering, you know, and suffering without end because there's no realization happening. And then boom. These transits were just waiting. And it hit me so hard. I... <laughs> Everything made sense. All the wrong things are important for all the wrong reasons. Because that's what you have to do to a person to make them useful to you and not to themselves. If you teach them the right things that they should value for the right reasons, they won't be very useful and helpful to you, will they? No, they'll probably look after themselves. And then I started to look around. And everything on my couch and everything in my suitcase and everything... in the pile over there on my desk that now that I've stopped and learned how to check in with my body makes my temperature rise, which is interesting. I looked around and all I could see was someone who didn't know what was important. And I immediately changed. It was, I know it's so cliche, but I guess you don't know it until it happens to you. It was really as if a veil lifted, like a curtain was pulled away that I didn't, that I couldn't see before. But now that it was gone, everything was so much sharper. Everything, mm, everything stood for something. Does that make sense? 
everything meant something instead of just this kind of chaotic whirlwind. My mind, my mind calmed down. I realized that everyone that I've ever been with knew that I had super, super severe ADHD. One of them has a mom who's an expert in it. And knew that I was from this incredibly abusive home. And that they had exploited it. And suddenly all these people that I had romanticized and loved so dearly, the veil started to lift off of them as well. I couldn't just identify the piles on my sofa as being ridiculous. I could identify years of longing and idealistic thinking as ridiculous. And the sorting and sifting was bloodless in both cases. It wasn't really very painful. Once the realization hit, it was actually quite cold, to be honest. It was, excuse me, it was as if, um, it was a moment, you know, like, oh, okay. Because I am, I am fairly quick. I pick things up pretty easy. And as soon as I could really see myself and by myself, and I think the thing that I'm still dancing around in the moment where I just kind of collapsed emotionally was where I saw myself from the outside and saw what I never wanted to see, which was just a very wounded person. That moment, it hurt my pride. I'm a Vedic Leo moon, and maybe this is a very Leo moon thing to say, but I'm my I'm crying, but I don't have any feelings. <laughs> I think it, that means my pride's hurt. <laughs> I I hated it. I hated seeing myself like. I hated that it had happened to me. I hated that. In that moment, I hated what it took from me. All I ever wanted in my life was to bury my nose in a fucking book. That's it. All I wanted was to go to school and just never come back. 
and just be a scholar and be in school for the rest of my life. And my fucking parents were so fucking crazy. I mean, it's a fucking wonder I can spell. (laughs) I hated seeing myself as I really am. It hurt me. It hurt me so much. But in that moment, it already, it also fucking made me so angry because I had so much compassion for myself. Like, what the fuck? Why? Why have people been treating me this way? If you can, okay, I can't see what's going on with me, but you can see what's going on with me. How fucking dare you treat me like this? What the fuck? And then, yeah. But it wasn't like an anger that was sustained. I didn't get angrier and angry. It was like it dissipated. It was like, like I said, it was cold. It was like, oh, 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 so you're a piece of shit. Got it. No, yeah, yeah, no, you actually are a piece of shit. Okay, I fucking got it. I knew there was a reason I kept fucking calling you that. Like, and then I started thinking about all these different people that I hold in such high esteem and how every fucking person I know that actually knows them is like, that guy's a piece of shit. You know that guy's a fucking douchebag, right? Okay, one. Two, they do seem as if like, Allah maaf God forgive me, but they do seem like God has it like out for them for some reason. Like they just can't catch a break. So, never did I put together, not once in my head, even though everyone was saying, you know this person's a fucking douchebag, right? Yo, my friend Nadia was like, he looks like a douchebag. Look at his face. (laughs) Okay. Never did I ever, never did I ever really think Like, it's just something you say, you know, he's like kind of douchey, but like never did I ever really think that a person would take advantage of somebody that they know is dealing with some shit that they're completely unaware of. But like you totally know. Because I started thinking about all these different things. Like, you're just legitimately fucking with somebody that you know. Yeah. You totally fucking know. And... In that moment... Every relationship, which is not very many... I've had with men in my life made complete sense. My relationship with my brothers made sense. My relationship with my parents made sense. My relationship with quite a lot of my friends, if not all of them, made sense. My relationship with my home, what was going on currently with the packing, everything began to make sense. Every single piece I pulled out of my suitcase made me laugh as I put it aside. 
knowing I'd never wear it again. Everything in this house looks different. Not much has changed. <laughs> it's just completely different. People with ADHD hold on to things. And nobody wants to tell you why, but I will. I have a pin that I bought in Chinatown. It's a dragon. I bought it when I was five. I still have it. In the box that I have it in is a bracelet from my kindergarten best friend named Mary Che. And it says, I love you. And she gave it to me the day we graduated kindergarten. And we bought those dragons together because she's Chinese. And I still have it. And I will always keep it. And every time I come across it, and it's with all my, you know, with my jewelry and my sacred precious stuff. So every time I go to look at that stuff, I always take it out. Look at it. And I'll never get rid of it. You know why? Because it reminds me of a time when I was loved. And that's what we do. We have a tendency to hold on to things that represent moments where our brain was calm enough to focus and everything was okay for a minute. And we like to keep those things as mementos. <laughs> because when we look at them, because ADHD, you have a problem with memory. You're always just in the now. When we look at them, we remember. So, what often ends up happening as with any kind of hoarding, is that if you attach meaning to things, then you can fall off the deep end and not throw anything away, right? And not that it's ever been like that, but when I tell you it was like a veil lifting, like, that shit is serious. Like, I started looking at everything differently I started to realize that there were certain periods of time from which I had kept a lot more things than others because those times were traumatic and so any moment or spike of 
sunshine that I had from those times I kept it. And when I started looking around at my house with those eyes, wow, with these eyes. I started to uh, feel something very interesting that I have not felt before. Ha ha, here we are. I started to feel... I started to feel for myself. I looked around and I... (laughs) I saw... a runaway. (laughs) Which, which Which is what I am. I saw a runaway who still lives like she might have to run away. (laughs) I saw someone who I saw someone who's made decisions that have made her life a constant running away. And I've I felt <laughs> That was the end of the sentence. <laughs> Breaking news. Geminis are feeling the, the world of the end is nigh. Huh? I just felt bad, you know. Like, damn. This poor fucking kid. And then, because you know me, problem solver, you know, you know, because bitch, if you had to grow up in the fucking chaos, you'd be a fucking problem solver too, because like, I'm not, I'm not going out like this. Y'all could be crazy all you want. I'm fucking leaving. (laughs) I'm not doing this. So once I realized, you know. Once I started looking around being like, Jesus Christ, this poor fucking kid. What the fuck? I started to focus. And then it dawned on me. My ADHD never affects me when I'm dealing with Baba. At all. 
And I hadn't ever stopped to consider that, but it's absolutely true. It never gets in the way. I never lose focus. Because in that space, I'm not the one who has to feel safe. I'm the one who has to provide the safety. You understand? If I'm the one who's being asked to feel safe, bro, I don't know how far we're going to get with that. (laughs) You want me to focus? I don't know. How lucky are you going to get? Because I need all eyes open, all ears open. You know what I'm saying? I can't focus on one thing too much right now. I need to have all my senses about me. And in case some shit pops off, I also need to completely defocus. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing a complicated tightrope walk here. But when I have to provide the security, when I have to create the safety, oh, I have all the focus in the world. Nothing is outside my focus. Like the ADHD works to my advantage. I see everything. And it's all in my focus. I'm focused on all of it. Let's fucking go. So when I looked around and I genuinely had the expression come out of my mouth, like this poor fucking kid, look at how she's fucking living. Boom, it hit me. Like, yes, this is who you are now. You are the person who provides the safety. Just like with Baba. Not no more associating with the wound. The wound is there. It's been cracked open. Look, it's right there. That's what you, your bait, your bait. Why do you think Kim Kardashian gets on my fucking nerves so much? Because they cut you up and they keep putting you in the fucking water and you never even fucking rebelled. You never even fucking said no. Now that all this shit is coming out, that Ray J's saying that they did this shit, can you fucking take a second and fucking think about that? Like, yo, bait, bait, chum. When I started really thinking about that, immediately, just like with anybody else, if it's Baba or a small person or anybody next to us, you're trying to bully somebody next to me, just like with anybody else. As soon as I realized that, as soon as I realized my weakness, my vulnerability, yo, that shit made me mad strong because I was like, no, I got weaknesses. I got vulnerabilities. I'm not going to let you pick on me. I was only try- I was only letting you pick on me and let- getting you to do everything you want me to do because I'm strong enough to handle it. Now I realize I got weaknesses. Wait, I'm hurt. Wait, I'm wounded? <gasps> and you're trying to take advantage of me? How dare you? No, I'm not going to allow that. I would never. Fuck out of here. I would never. You don't want to see this side of me. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> no, no. You think I'm going to recognize and acknowledge and identify with the weakness and vulnerability within me and then I'm going to allow you to exploit that weakness, I'm not going to stand up for myself just like I would for anybody else. You don't know me. 
The only reason that you were getting away with it is that I didn't know. I didn't know. Until that motherfucker Gabor Mate fucking said, you know, this is what happens in infancy. I was like, oh shit. Okay. So there it is. And then you know what happened? Smoke it if you got it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Smoke it if you got it. You know what happened? Right after that, something really exciting happened after that. Everything changed. The air changed. The way everything looks changed. The way everything tastes changed. All the tears came and then they went. I told everybody in my life that I needed a few days. And I didn't do what they all thought I was going to do. I could see it in their faces. They all thought I was going to be dramatic and get upset about them doing whatever they're doing and going too far, you know? Every single one of them did something to me or said something to me in this past week that they knew that if I wanted to, I could be like, you fucking asshole. And yesterday when they all saw me, I was I was very sad. But when each one of them saw me or interacted with me today, they were expecting. And I realized that too as I was watching them. Oh yeah, this is what I do or what I have been doing unaware. And I watched them, you know, kind of preempt their conversation and waiting for me to, you know, and I was just like, okay, see you later. Okay, bye. And each one of them was stunned, surprised, disconcerted, fine with it, happy, good, yay, no problems, yay, very happy. But also, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Everything is fine. Because none of the things that happened yesterday matter anymore. It's not about forgive and forget. I don't have to forget. I'm not forgetting. They just don't matter. And why don't they matter? For one simple fucking reason. Because they're never going to happen again. That's it. They, they don't matter. No matter what it was, no matter what they did, no matter what you did, no matter what you allowed, no matter what you have been up until right this fucking moment, it doesn't matter. Because as soon as you realize that you were a kid that was so fucking scared so fucking young zero to three months bitch that your brain decided to turn off its executive function no 
no one will ever put that person who went through that and somehow made it all the way here in one piece, mashallah, you, me, all of us, that person will not be used. That person will not be abused. That person will not be disrespected. Because that would be really fucked up to do that to somebody who had been through so much starting at such a young age, right? So why the fuck would you allow someone to treat another person <coughs> who's been through so much like that? You wouldn't. So why would you allow someone to treat you like that? You wouldn't. Not anymore. Fuck this. That's why I smiled. That's why I said, okay, bye. Because it doesn't matter. Because I'm not the same. I'm completely different. All these years I've prided myself on saying, I'm the same. I've remained exactly the same. I'm still the same. Guess what? I'm not the fucking same anymore. I'm not. I'm not the same. And all the things that everyone gets away with doing and saying because I'm always the same will now begin to slowly be terrified when I don't act the same. And I can't act the same. My eyes are open. I can't. I can't know that I have been basically broken and rearranged brain-wise to do for others and give completely without reason or consequence. I can't know that and just run around willy-nilly because it's one thing to know you have a wound. It's another thing to have a bleeding wound. Dead man. You can't just be out here. That's what I mean about those things can't happen anymore because I can't see myself like that anymore. I don't see myself anymore. I see what I am. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Not what I thought I was. I see what I am. And what I am needs a lot of softness and care and love. What I am needs no remnants of the past 
for better or for worse. What I am is someone who needs to be defended from anyone who's still suffering from the old paradigm, which will take, I suppose, a few instances to change. It's interesting having this awareness because you can watch your brain start to do things. And you're like, oh, wow, look, it's doing the thing. And you watch it. And you watch yourself do the thing. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm doing that ADHD thing. I'm doing it right now. And then you can stop doing it. <laughs> it's really cool. It's really cool, but that level of calmness, that step back, it didn't happen until I had that realization that I was like being kept in this isolation, you know, as a, as a, as a love, as a gift, just keep you out of the water. Hopefully these sharks won't jump up in this boat and eat you, you know? You know, and I'm like, why aren't they circling? God's like, they're circling. <laughs> they're circling. I'm trying to keep them. Why are you crying? That the, Why do you want them in the boat? What is wrong with you? You know, can't be easy. Can't be easy. That job can't be easy. What? Can't be easy. Oh, man. Part of why I was crying so much yesterday was because I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed you know, in front of God, like, geez, Louise, what have I been putting you through? Just running headfirst into destruction, you know? And I felt, and there's this passage in The Crow where he says, um, and the devil felt how awful goodness was. In that moment, when I was thinking about how hard it must have been to watch me all those years be treated so badly and be in so much pain and then create my own situations where that pain would continue. And all those moments and all those mistakes, all that pain, I felt how awful goodness is. Which I suppose just means the true weight of what goodness is. Just pure love. Patience. Acceptance. Faith. Faith that you'll get out, you'll figure it out, you'll get better. You'll come to your senses. And I cried because I was ashamed that I put God through that. That I was Timothy Chalamet in the fucking rain-soaked 
alleyway, you know, crying about boys instead of drugs. With this parent that's been out all day and all night looking for him, like, just where the fuck is my son? Yeah, I was ashamed. (laughs) Because I was smart enough to know that I needed to isolate. I was smart enough to know that I needed to just be single for a while. I just didn't know why. But I don't wait for a why. I just, I know, so I just do it. The why always shows up. Sure, it took a fucking long time to show up, though. It does feel like the kind of why that you only have access to if you put in a lot of fucking work, i.e. all these years of solitude. The big payoff was having the veil removed and genuinely gaining control over... um, what is ADHD? I know it's attention deficit, and like, but I think it has something to do with like, like we were talking about, like anxiety and being able to build on things, right? That's a big issue with ADHD. So being able to genuinely get a handle on something that's like, you know, it runs people's lives and it's very unmanageable and it's scary. It can be scary because of the way, (coughs) (coughs) excuse me, because of the way others see you and perceive you and the, the kind of mythos or reputation that grows up around you as being this, um, all potential, no follow through person. Meanwhile, your fucking brain is hanging on by a thread, bro. (laughs) And that thread is threadbare. It's nice to know that something that can get that severe... ...can be managed with this awareness with this positive use of the protective instinct that I have. It's good. It's nice. Immediately, I changed so many things. And all of them made sense, and they all made my life easier. (laughs) Of course. I was just living, ignoring myself like they always ignored me. And it was making things really hard.
And you know what the funny thing is about awareness and attention? Is that when you really have your own attention, it's just as intoxicating as it is when someone else gives you attention. Especially if you've never had any. The ability to see yourself and what you really need and show up for yourself. And see your wounds and not be mad at yourself for them. Be able to just see them objectively and not be ashamed or get that out of the way. You know, purge it out. You push through that fear of being seen. You push through the sorrow of being invisible. You push through the panic. Yeah. And you see yourself. And then you can (laughs) just routinely, normally, calmly give yourself whatever you want. And all these different mirror reflections of you being ignored in other people and other situations all start to lose all their power. It's like they're disintegrating in front of you. Because they no longer have the spice. That's not the spice anymore. Them ignoring you isn't what you live for anymore. No. Now being seen and acknowledged and understood is hot. Because it's the norm. It's the basic minimum. So you see, sometimes the most painful fate, the most painful destiny, the one that seems truly tragic, can turn out to be just the prologue. Nothing more to some of the most incredible moments and happenings and inventions and thoughts of all time. I 
And what I mean by that is, I think ADHD has an enormous emotional component. And I think I just figured out how to hack that. And I think I can do it, and I think I can teach you how to do it. Because I'm doing it right now. Doing it all the time. And I'm not trying. It's just a door that needs to be pushed open. Now say it works. Say it works and more and more people hear me talk about this and it works for them. Inshallah, inshallah. As my right hand itches. Ooh, my palm is itching. Say it works. And then all of a sudden I'm a person who has through torturous experience, invented a method, a thought process, something that is medication-free and for the most part regulates your ADHD because the emotional components are being acknowledged and talked about and healed who knows or maybe it'll be something else who knows who knows who knows inshallah we'll see the point is if you ever feel like your life is in vain as most 12th housers do don't every step is a step towards what is meant to happen. Just let it. Don't get in the way. Well, all right. That was our first late night. We've got a new microphone and a screen podcast. I hope you had a nice time. I'll see you again tomorrow night between 11 and 2 as we play smooth jazz all night. No, thanks. It's your girl. It's your girl, DJ Narc. Now I gotta get up and walk over there and turn it off. (laughs) Ah! Hold on.